You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. Good morning, everybody. Good to see everybody. You guys are looking good on this uh, second Sunday in uh, July. We have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to be grateful for. So it is, uh, it's very easy for us to spend this month focusing on this topic of living grateful. Um, you know, Thanksgiving, November, obviously, is a, is a good time to focus on Thanksgiving and, and being grateful. But if you've been around Vineyard Church for very long, you know that every November we focus on ministry to and with the poor, compassion, God's heart of compassion. And so we just got to thinking, you know, it's been a while since we've actually addressed this idea uh, of living grateful. So we're sort of having a Thanksgiving in July. Uh, there are stores that do Christmas in July, so why can't we do Thanksgiving in July? Um, over, over the course of uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament, There are lots and lots of admonitions. There are lots of encouragements for us uh, to give thanks and to be thankful. And and one such instruction comes from the Apostle Paul uh, in 1 Thessalonians. He tells us to give thanks in all circumstances because this is God's will for us. This is God's, his will, his desire. I I love uh, how the Amplified Version talks about this is God's good pleasure for us. Uh, To think of God's will in that way that it is his good pleasure for us. So let's just be thankful people, all right? Everybody good with that? Okay, I'm done. No, I'm just kidding. It's like, I have something extra to be thankful for this morning. A really short sermon, yeah. Not quite. Because the reality is, uh, while it sounds really simple, it's very straightforward, for some reason, we have a difficult time living this out in our daily lives, don't we? And I would be the first to admit that. Uh, I sometimes even feel downright resistant to this idea of living grateful. I, I am more apt at times to be keenly focused on what I don't have that I think I should have, or what doesn't seem to be right according to my good and wise standards, which quite often can be self-centered and selfish and self-serving. I know I'm probably highly unique in that. Nobody else in the room is that way. Not. But anyway, uh, that's just the reality. So living grateful is God's will for me. It's God's will for you. It's his good pleasure. Because gratitude opens up uh, the windows of heaven. It opens up the goodness of God. It opens us up to some really, really good things. And I'm going to talk about that this morning. The fact that uh, Thanksgiving has a way of opening some wonderful doors uh, into our lives, but also into the lives of people around us. I want to talk about open doors and Thanksgiving in worship. There are so many powerful spiritual benefits that come with living lives of thanksgiving, living grateful lives. But, but I, I love it how science sort of catches up with the truth of God's word and, and how it's often reflected in that. Uh, neuroscience shows us that gratitude actually changes the neural structures uh, in our brains and, and makes us feel happier and more content. You know, there are other benefits, physical benefits that are associated with gratitude, like, like better sleep 
increased exercise, reduced symptoms of physical pain, lower levels of even inflammation, lower blood pressure. Those sound pretty good, right? Uh, and, and so there are so many wonderful things that, that God wants to open up to us as we live lives of gratitude. Ultimately, uh, the most wonderful gift is a deeper awareness of God's presence and his goodness in our lives. And I want to talk about this this morning, that thanksgiving and gratitude expressed in a worshiping life, it powerfully impacts us, our own spirituality, our own hearts, our own lives, but not just us. It, it impacts our community, and it also impacts those who are not yet part of our community. We're going to look at some ways uh, in Scripture that we see that. So would you pray with me this morning? God, I thank you for my church family. I thank you for my friends. I thank you for this community that you have brought together. I thank you that every good and perfect gift comes from you, Father. And I pray that you would come, Holy Spirit, and, and tune our hearts and our minds to just a deeper and greater awareness of just all the, the incredible ways that you show forth your goodness every day to us. God, uh, we love you, and we just want to express that to you with thanksgiving, with hearts and lives of worship to you. Holy Spirit, come. Uh, do your good work of transformation in each one of us that we would choose to be grateful, thankful people. Uh, more and more aware of just all the ways that you demonstrate and display your goodness and your grace in our lives. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I mentioned one of the times uh, that Paul talks about, you know, the admonition, be grateful, uh, be thankful. Uh, there's another one that we're going to look at this morning. Actually, it's the same passage that uh, Eric Dean, who spoke last Sunday, uh, shared from Colossians 4. So if you, it's Colossians 3, rather. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn there with me. Colossians chapter 3. Uh, the context of uh, I'm going to focus on just verses 15 through 17, but the greater context of where Paul is in this letter to the church uh, at Colossae is that it's about new identity in Christ, and, and not just having a new, new identity, but actually living that out as people who, who are experiencing new life in Christ. And so this is what Paul writes to the Colossian church, Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, when I read this passage, the first thing that sticks out at me is that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who created this world that we live in, he is giving us this amazing choice. He's giving us an amazing choice. He gives us lots and lots of choices. Uh, to the children of Israel, he said, I lay before you life and death, and I encourage you, choose life. And we see that echoed throughout Scripture, this choice that God gives us. We have say-so. 
We, you and I, every single one of us, we have say-so on what or who will rule in our hearts. We have say-so in that. And with thanksgiving, when we choose, when we decide on gratitude and thanksgiving, we say yes to the peace of Christ ruling in our hearts. I recall the the words uh, that are recorded in the prophet Isaiah, and he's recounting a promise of God. He says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are fixed or stayed on you because they trust in you. This is an invitation for all of us as we do life as we go through our various days and the events of our lives and the circumstances of our lives, our culture, uh, whether it is one of peace and joy or one of chaos and, and conflict, we are given the option to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. And, and this is something that we need to choose. We need to choose to slow down and to be mindful of God's goodness in our lives and, and guys, sometimes it's something as simple as just stopping, taking a deep breath, and remembering, God, that's a gift from you. I had nothing to do with manufacturing that breath that you just gave me. That is a gift from you. Every single one of them. And sometimes it's just important for us to just stop pause in the chaos, in the frustration, and just to remember, God, this is a a good gift from you. This is from you. Maybe right now you're not in a headspace or a heart space uh, to be able to discern a lot of God's goodness for various reasons in your life. But just right now, just, just take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath and just remember every good and perfect gift is from our Father of lights, including that breath that he just gave you. It's important for us to do that. Every good gift is from him. And giving thanks for each and every expression of God's goodness, that's an act of worship. Uh, I love it when we come together and we have a a wonderful worship team that leads us in songs of of praise and adoration to God. That is a very important, powerful part of our worship life. But that's just a little part of it. It's about every day, God, how do I live my life to show forth the fact that you are my king you are my Lord, and I'm grateful for you. Gratitude is a choice. Gratitude is a decision. Gratitude is not an emotion, okay? I am not anti-emotion. God is not. More importantly, most importantly, God is not anti-emotion. He created us to have emotions. He's not against them, but he also wants us to have the discernment to know the roles they play and to know when, uh, when an emotion should be in play or when it should not. And I just want to start by saying that gratitude, it's a decision. It's not an emotion. Now, there can be emotions, there can be feelings that are associated uh, with gratitude or with thanksgiving, uh, residual or derivatives of gratitude, but gratitude always begins with a choice and with a decision. As I was thinking about this this week, I just I'm thinking a lot about 
some transitions and changes uh, in our family life. Uh, our youngest daughter uh, is going to be heading off to college, and Mary Margaret and I are going to be empty nesters. And there's just a lot of stuff that we're thinking about and you know processing, and uh, it's all good, and we're excited for everybody and everything. Um, and I was thinking the other night, just Mary Margaret and Charlotte and I were having dinner, and uh, Charlotte got up, uh, she finished her dinner, and she got up and she said, thank you for my dinner which is a great thing to do, Charlotte. Thank you for that. (laughs) But it made me think about how when our girls were really young, that was a rule in our house. Mealtime's really important for us. It, it's, it was a very important time. No phones at the table, no TV on. This was a, a major time of focus for us to connect as a family, to have conversations, and uh, just a really high priority, high value for us, mealtimes. And even as the girls were really, really young, we t- would always tell them, okay, when, no matter if you're at our house or you're at someone else's house, when you get finished with your meal, you need to tell the host, whoever cooked, thank you for my dinner, my breakfast, my lunch. We did not require them to say, I enjoyed it. <laughs> because sometimes, you know, it's, you just aren't into the tilapia cabbage, uh, cottage cheese casserole that that creative cook just came up with. (laughs) So that was always the, that was the thing. You got to say, thank you for my dinner. You didn't have to say, I enjoyed it. Now it was always a bonus. If you did enjoy it, let them know that too, right? But I I just got to thinking about that, how that, that's just, that was a decision that with each meal, at the end of that meal, we would give thanks. And, and, and gratitude, it is a decision. It is a, a decision. It's not an emotion. Uh, it is a decision. It's, and it's always directed to a person or to an object. Now, at our mealtime, that was always whoever was cooking or whoever the host was. Um, but we don't just feel grateful. If we're grateful, there is a reason for our gratitude. We're grateful towards someone because of something they did for you or of something they gave you or simply because of who they are. Uh, I grew up in a Christian household where we always said a blessing uh, at, at every meal. Uh, we gave thanks to God for our food. Uh, we were taught as you know, little kids to uh, the particular blessing. Uh, and, and it was, you didn't touch your food. You didn't have a bite of your food, uh, at least with your parents looking, before the blessing was said. You know, you, you, just, you just didn't do that. And I still say blessings today. Uh, we do that at our, at our home. And, um, and I, I, I had to ask myself, you know, having grown up in, in, in a Christian home and doing this all my life, is this just a, a tradition? Or is it, a, that, is it just a, a ritual that's more habit or custom rather than a true expression of gratitude or worship? I mean, I, you know, you do something long enough, sometimes it's good to revisit it and ask yourself that. And I got to tell you, um, some days, yeah, it may be more rote than others, but I'm thankful for the fact that, you know, most days I'm going to have two or three meals and there are those intentional pauses where I can just say, God, thank you. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for uh, a body that processes this stuff you know, pretty well, okay. Uh, I wish my metabolism was a little more rigorous. But anyway, that's, 
That's another issue that we're working on. But, but it's just that thing of, God, I, I want to take these times to, to, to at least acknowledge your provision with my, this tangible daily bread that you're giving me. And very often, particularly when I'm eating alone, it will just maybe begin a whole series of just things where, where I'm just mindful. God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for uh, this friend that I'm having lunch with. Thank you for just uh, your, the, the beautiful atmosphere uh, of just being able to enjoy a meal with good friends in, 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 in a home that we love and feel your presence in. Just those kinds of things that, 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 I, that I love. It leads me to just saying, God, you are so good in all the ways that you demonstrate your kindness and your love to me. Thanksgiving and worship is, is very much affection that we give to God in response to, to all of his grace, to all of his graciousness and his generosity to us. The word that, that Paul uses here in Colossians 3, the word for thankful, uh, is, is eucharisteo which is where, of course, we get the, the word Eucharist or we communion, the root word being charis, which means grace. And this is, it's, it's about the grace of God, giving thanks for the grace of God. And one of the last instructions that Jesus gave to his disciples before he took to the cross for you and for me and for the whole world, uh, he gave them the instructions to take bread representing his body that he was about to give as a sacrifice, and to take wine or the cup uh, representing his blood, which would provide forgiveness of sin that he was about to shed for the whole world. And he said, take these, remember, and give thanks. Remember and give thanks. And guys, that is so much of what our Christian life of worship is to be about at its very basic elements. Here at Vineyard Church, we celebrate communion as a church family on the first Sunday of every month, but we have the elements available every Sunday. And I do, I encourage you. Maybe, maybe for you, communion is, is sort of one of those good spiritual habits where it's like, okay, uh, let's go do this. And sometimes maybe your mind and your heart and your spirit is more engaged and involved with it than other times. Uh, but I tell you, every time that we do it, we're being obedient to the words of Jesus to remember, to remember God's love expressed through the gift of his son, Jesus, who came to earth and lived a perfect life and died for all of our imperfections, all of our sin. He who was sinless became sin for us. And it's about remembering that and giving thanks for it every time we come to the Lord's table. And so I encourage you, when gratitude is a decision, um, it, it, it's always a decision, and at times it is very, very much a sacrificial decision. And when that happens, it can go against every thought, every emotion that the circumstances whirling around us would seek to... to, to you know, to just basically overtake us, overwhelm us. But we choose in that moment to say, God, I give thanks to you because ultimately the eternal blessing that you have given and extended to me is the, your love extended through Jesus, through his life, through his death, through his resurrection, your presence with me through your Holy Spirit. And we, we choose, we consider this sacrifice 
of praise, this sacrifice of thanksgiving. The psalmist says it this way, reminding again uh, the words of God, the promises of God in Psalm 50, verse 23, that those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me, and to the blameless I will show my salvation. Those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me, and to the blameless I will show my salvation. Another translation says, those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me and they prepare the way so that I may demonstrate my salvation and my goodness. This is a way for us to say, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done and your your good pleasure be done in this situation. And gratitude does that. It keeps us centered on the goodness of God and it opens our hearts and the hearts of others. That's, that's the thing about it. All the blessings that we get and get to experience for ourselves in God's kingdom, they are not meant to be exclusively ours. They are meant for us to receive them and then for us to share them in community, in a church family. Just as Paul was writing uh, to the church, uh, the Colossian church, it was a, co- a corporate thing. It was something that was to be done individually, but also corporately. It is meant to be received and shared and received and shared and received and shared. And, and, and Paul tells the, the, the church, uh, the Colossian church, he says, hey guys, be thankful What he's saying is be thankful people, be people whose lives and whose community is marked with gratitude, gratitude for God's goodness and gratitude for each other. People known collectively as thankful and and grateful that this quality would imprint them and be a a, a large part of their witness in the community. Uh, Consider again, Colossians 3 verse 16, uh, let the message of Christ dwell richly Uh, among you as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. So this is something that we are to experience, but it is also to be an overflow effect on one another, the, the teaching and admonishing one another as, as, as we're singing songs to God with thanksgiving, with gratitude. And please, don't forget that Paul is writing this from a prison cell. He's writing this from a prison cell as he's talking about the importance of corporate worship. I had lunch with someone this week who was not from our, uh, the United States, and he's recently moved here. And he was talking about how worship in his country is becoming, uh, Christian worship is becoming much, much more restrictive and even dangerous. It's important for us to to, to really, truly acknowledge what God has entrusted to us and to not be flagrant about it. That there is an important dynamic as we come together and we collectively sing songs of love and thanksgiving and adoration to God that there is power in this. There is a teaching element of this. There is an admonishment that happens when we do this, when we're coming together, singing our songs, not just about God, but to God, about who he is and our thanks to him. And this is a, a really, really important dynamic because I look around this room and I, I know a lot of you by name. I know a lot about your lives. Uh, and I know that there's a lot of different things going on in here. 
There are a lot of different things happening in your life. There are some great things happening. There are some difficulties happening. There are all kinds of challenges happening. There are transitions going on in your lives. And when we come together, we're able to come together giving thanks to God for his goodness, his collective goodness. We're able to, to look at our friend who we know that their child was miraculously healed. And in the midst of that moment, maybe when we don't see a lot that we're uh, necessarily feeling drawn to give thanks for, in that moment, we can recollect that and say, God, I thank you for bringing healing to that child. Uh, when we look at a marriage that's been restored, when we can say, God, thank you for that. And we, we're in community together. We're able to see the goodness of God collectively rather than just our isolated stories. And we all have a lot to be thankful for. I'm not saying to not be mindful of, of God's goodness in your own life, but he's giving us lots of opportunities for gratitude. And we, we, are, to call, we are called to be part of that. So gratitude rooted in the good news of Jesus Christ, it opens doors for our own hearts and lives, it opens doors for our, our church community, but it also opens doors to those who are not yet part of, of God's family and uh, opens doors for the expansion of his kingdom. This same Paul who wrote uh, the, the letter to the Colossian church, uh, we see him in Acts chapter 16. We see a literal example of the opening of doors uh, through worship and praise and gratitude and thanksgiving. Um, I, I would encourage you to take a look at the whole chapter of Acts 16. A little background. Uh, Paul and his ministry partner Silas, they have been unjustly imprisoned because they have uh, ministered to a young demonized lady. Uh, and as a result of the ministry and her being set free, uh, there are handlers in her community who are no longer able to profit from her uh, abilities that she had because of her demonization. And so uh, you can read the whole story in Acts chapter 16. So as a result of that, Paul and Silas are being jailed. They're, and they're, they're in jail, and they begin to worship in jail. So Paul is writing in jail. He's worshiping in jail. Uh, I hope I don't have to follow his example by being in jail, just, just so you know that. But if we've got a good, if you, if you are there, uh, you know, this is a good mandate. Uh, he says this, Acts chapter 16. Uh, this is the story that, that Luke shares about Paul and Silas and their experience in jail. After they had been in prison for this unjust thing, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open. Everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. And then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his household. 
Again, gratitude rooted in the good news of Jesus Christ. It opens all kinds of doors. Doors for God's kingdom to flow into our own hearts and lives so that we're able to, in that moment, have a clearer perspective, an eternal perspective that is life-giving, that sustains us, that strengthens us. It also opens doors for one another as, as being part of the body of Christ so we're able to celebrate each other's joys, but we're also able to be with each other and encourage each other in times of sorrow. And then also to the watching world. The world is watching and they are listening to us. Uh, they, they are. And so it's important for us to recognize that, you know, Paul and Silas, what are they doing as they are suffering injustice? And this was an, an unjust uh, jail sentence that they were, they were dealing with. They could have complained. They could have murmured. They could have started a social media campaign about just the negative effects of this. But what did they do? They sang and they prayed. And as a result of the prisoners watching and a result, and it says the, the jailer was sleeping. So apparently their worship and their prayer was so powerful that it even entered somehow his, his unconscious thoughts as he was sleeping. They said he was asleep and he comes and he, he asks, how, what must I do to be saved? Just the power of a life of gratitude expressed even in the midst of unjust circumstances, it welcomes the manifest presence of God in our lives, and God's presence can do amazing things. It can, it can change hearts. It can change lives. We're going to be spending some time in August on, on just the idea of, of, of evangelism. And, and I, I know by my saying that, some of you are going to like, I don't want to be there in August. Because a lot of us as followers of Jesus, that's something that shames us or guilts us because we feel like we do such a poor job at it. But the key to it is the fact that I can't save anybody and you can't either. I, I can't do that. You can't. And we think in our Western modern mindsets that we can have this apologetic that we can share with you and then therefore you will become a Christian and we know that, hey guys, that doesn't work anymore if it ever did, because it's the, only the power of God that leads us to repentance. And so when we welcome the manifest presence of God with our worship, which is what we do in, in, in thanksgiving and gratitude and expressing our worship to God, we welcome his manifest presence. And when his manifest presence comes, there are all kinds of amazing things that can happen. People becoming aware, even in their sleep, of their need for salvation for them and their own uh, and their whole families. Healing that can take place, deliverance that can take place. And so in our deeply divided and confused world, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are invited, we are all encouraged to be thankful people, people who worship, people who praise God in all circumstances for, you know, with, with gratitudes in our, gratitude in our hearts. It is a decision. It's not an emotion. If you are waiting for a flood of emotion to make you feel grateful, you're going to be waiting. But it is a decision that we all make, that we all have the opportunity to make together. And so this morning, before we enter into a time of worship where we will have an opportunity to sing songs to God of praise and gratitude and thanksgiving and love and adoration, I just want to invite you right in this moment just to bow your heads 
And this is for all of us, whether our tendency is to, to be thankful and grateful people, or whether we tend to walk into a situation and quickly tell you what's wrong or what's missing. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you for the promise that you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are fixed on you. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would just uh, make us more aware of your good gifts in our hearts and our lives. And even in this moment, that you would just come and remind us, help us to remember and to give thanks for all the amazing expressions of your love and your kindness and your goodness. God, we thank you. We thank you for all your blessings. We thank you for life. We thank you for health. We thank you for relationships. We thank you for all your provision in our lives, your blessings, the freedoms that you entrust to us. God, we thank you for opportunities. We thank you for joy and fun. We thank you for your good pleasure expressed over us in so many wonderful ways. Holy Spirit, keep us mindful. Let the overflow affect our brothers and sisters in this room and in our church community and and beyond, Lord. Let the power of your Spirit that comes through expressions of gratitude and worship to you, let it draw people to you for your honor, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.